because ETFs, everybody loves them and they have some pros and cons, no doubt. And whether or not you should invest in them, right? John Trainer is with us, Executive Vice President, Chief Investment Officer at People's United Advisors. So let's talk ETF, right? First, explain what they are. I mean, we know how popular they are. But let's start from the beginning because a lot of investors are very interested in this. We've seen a lot of inflows. Tell me more. Yeah, the, the ETFs or the exchange traded funds are probably one of the best and one of the newest innovations in the financial markets. Uh, they allow us as money managers to put uh, capital to work very quickly very efficiently, and they, they've just been, and they're very cost effectively. You know, they, they tend to be very, very low cost uh, ways to get invested. So we use them all the time. We're, we're active managers, but using ETFs is certainly one of the tools that we, uh, we make sure that we have in our scabbard. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So as we look at ETFs, and now people should wonder, why should I have an ETF? You know, there's all kinds of ETFs. There's ones that just track particular indexes. But there's an ETF for everything from, you know, a specific technology or, you know, outer space. I mean, there's an e drugs, anything. There's an ETF for everything, jets, airlines, right? I mean, there's room yeah. in each portfolio for some of these maybe. You know, we, we definitely advise clients to stay with the larger, more liquid ETFs. As you said, there, there, there is an ETF for just about anything that you could possibly uh, imagine. Some of them are very, very small, fairly illiquid. So we tend to stay with the larger ones, which give us the exposure we want. I mean, they, you know, there are certainly, uh, you know, some that if a client wants to do something on the side, they can certainly utilize that. But yeah, for, for broad portfolio investment, we're sticking with a larger, more liquid ETFs, absolutely. Yeah, and you said there are some negatives. Um, I guess a smaller one, a very small one that has less liquidity um, could be problematic. You could explain why, but I know you have some negatives in mind and why if someone should stay away from an ETF, for example. Sure, there, there are some that are, that are, we believe, too small, uh, that you know, you could have you know one or two big investors really dominating that ETF, and and you certainly you know, you don't want to be involved there. The bigger issue and the one that we're concerned about are the leveraged ETFs. A lot of investors, you know, everybody loves leverage when it's working and it's you know it's working in your favor. But boy, when it goes against you, you can be in big trouble. And we've seen over the last several months some of the leveraged ETFs where you can get twice or three times the move of the underlying index, we've seen those really cause some problems. So we actually instituted a policy here uh, at Peoples where if one of our clients wants to use them, they have to talk with me. Uh, and, and my job is to talk them out of it. So, you know, we, ah. we, we understand what that is, but we, we, we say, let's, let's hold off on the, the leveraged ETFs. Wait, can you explain that again? So. Someone comes to you. Is this one of somebody who works for you or an investor? And they say they want to get into an ETF and you try and talk them out of it. So which ones sure. are you trying to talk them out of? Who, who's well, asking you for this? And you think sometimes it's best to not get involved with that. It, normally, it would be a client that may have read in the newspaper about a leveraged ETF that was up, you know, two or three a leveraged times uh, what the index was. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, my job is to explain to them that leverage works in both ways and we would recommend against it. But we actually instituted a policy 
where I, I took that ability to invest in them away from the portfolio managers and the clients have to talk with me. They can still do it. Right. I mean, my job yeah. is to talk them out of it. Yeah, well, that's a big move because, you know, something can go up two or three times. And isn't that a great day? But when it falls, you're losing two or three times your money and that can really hurt. I mean, you got to really have some risk appetite for that kind of stuff. Uh, tell me more about the data that investors should be talking about. What should they be looking for to make sure that an ETF is right for them, for their portfolio? You know, the, one of the big ways that we use the ETFs is to, to tilt portfolios. And a perfect example is what we did last fall. You know, we, we, we had our, a, a very good mutual fund. I won't give you the name, but a very good mutual fund in the mid-cap space. That was a mid-cap growth mutual fund. Well, we thought, you know, with the economy improving, we didn't want to have all of our bets to be so heavily weighted toward growth. Well, we could have gone out and done a very quick search or, you know, a search for a, a value-oriented mid-cap mutual fund. Instead, what we did was we said, let's make the decision. We invested in a, we sold half of that growth mutual fund and put the proceeds into a mid-cap value ETF. It allowed us to neutralize the allocation. And, you know, that worked out very, very well for us. But it gives us the ability to, to focus on a specific factor that we either want to add to a portfolio or to minimize some exposure that we already have in a portfolio. So it is an excellent, excellent uh, portfolio management tool for us. Right. But not everybody wants an ETF, and an ETF may not be right for everybody. So there must be alternatives that you look to or use you know, more often than others because you think that's a winning recipe. I mean, what alternatives should investors look at if ETFs are not right for them? Well, there, there are a couple of things. No, number one, everybody knows about mutual funds. A lot of our clients do like the individual securities. They want to see the stocks that they own. So we can, we can certainly do that. One of the new innovations that you're seeing with the ETFs is the actively managed ETF, where you know the ETF is trading in the market all day long, but the underlying manager, rather than just sticking with an index, is actually making buy and sell decisions. You know, it's a fairly new innovation. The jury is out. Some of them have done well, some have not. But the actively managed ETFs is probably one of the things we're going to be reading about much more in the future. Yeah, and when you say mutual funds versus an ETF, um, they, they're different. And actively managed versus passively managed, right? Can you explain yep. a little bit about that and what might be right for folks based on sure, certain sure. situation? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, passively basically means that you are just, you know, if you're, you know, the most popular one would be the S&P 500. You're just matching the performance of the S&P 500. And there have been great academic studies that have said that's the best way to invest. The mutual fund side, you're actually hiring someone, someone like me, that will basically go out and say, all right, of the 500 stocks in the S&P 500, these are the ones we should own and we should not own those. So we're taking active positions there. Now, the fees tend to be higher on mutual funds. So you're paying a little bit more for that extra, that extra stock picking. But if you find a good manager, somebody with a good long-term track record, somebody with a good process that's going, that you want to stick with through thick and thin, sometimes the mutual funds can be very good. What we do is we, we have portfolios that, that utilize both mutual funds and ETFs, and we just try and find the best solution in every asset class. 
Right. I mean, what kind of fee would be too much? Because I, you know, I always think about when you have a portfolio, you're hoping to make five percent or something a year, mm -hmm. right? Is five, six, seven yep. percent? That's a that's a decent year. It's a good year, right? Because you won and you had an up hour. I mean, sure. what would be a range of a fair fee for mutual yep. funds? At what point is it too much that you, that it would give you, John Trainer, a red yep. flag saying that's a ridiculous fee? For, for most of the active mutual funds, you know, the fees have come down. You know, think about the late 1990s, you know, five years, the S&P 500 was up over 20%. People didn't mind spending 1% for a mutual fund. Well, as you just said, if rates are going to be in the, the, the 5% range, you pay 1%, that's an awful lot. You're taking a lot of, of your return off the table. So you've seen mutual fund fees come down into the 50 and 60 basis point range. That tends to be where a lot of the fees are. Now, ETFs, ETFs you can get for under five basis points, some of the larger, more liquid ETFs. So ETFs have really forced mutual fund fees to come down. So they're putting pressure on the entire asset management business, which for clients, that's a great thing. They're getting, they're getting good performance, they're getting a good product, and they're getting it cost effectively. I'm glad I asked that. I think that um, you know this is yep. important. And people need to look at that. And if something, you know, when you say, you know, the, you know, the under the one percent or under a half of one percent even versus right. if, so, if somebody sees something else, it would really be a red, red flag. John Trainer, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Really enjoy having you, you on the show and having these conversations. Executive Vice President, Chief Investment Officer at People's United Advisors.